dear friends, welcome to Spirit Reports of Life After Life by Ellen Kardec. We're basing our study on Heaven and Hell by Ellen Kardec. It is the second part of Heaven and Hell where Ellen, Ellen Kardec blesses us with a beautiful account of many different spirits who are reporting back to us what they experienced on the other side. We are today an hour earlier because we are without electricity in Northern California. Report on Cardiac Radio Live on the app, so we apologize for that. Furthermore, I'm not sure that our, our connection is strong enough. If it stalls too many times uh, and I'm noticing it here, then we will just regroup and meet again, hopefully with electricity next Sunday. So friends, so nice to have you here. Before I say hello to the community, I wanted to recap what we've learned so far from the suffering spirits. You may ask, why are we actually studying from the suffering spirits? Isn't it so depressing, Sunshine? Isn't it too violent what they're going through? And why would we want to burden ourselves with that kind of a perspective on life after life? So let us, let us think about that. The suffering spirits are actually helping us a lot if we allow them to. Why is that? Well, they're telling us many things that we can avoid. And indirectly, by telling us of what we can avoid, they're actually telling us of what we could do, to good, what we could start doing today to prepare ourselves. And that is what we want to know, correct? We want to know of how we can prepare ourselves, not only for our transition, not only for our life after life, but actually for many incarnations, for our eternal lifespan. And for that, for our garden, we would like to know what beautiful seeds we can plant in our gardens of eternity so that we can reap a wonderful, delicious, lovely, Love. So, dear friends, um, why do we not want to become a suffering spirit? Well, we don't want to have pain. That's number one, right? For that, I want to go back to Heaven and Hell, our beautiful book, Heaven and Hell. And I know we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but we would like to go back to page 345, which is actually the beginning chapter, the introduction to our suffering spirits. Let me say hello to Tony. Hi, Tony, so nice to have you here in Sol Sosa. Lovely to have you, dear friend. And I think there's a few more friends, but I'm not seeing any comments, so I apologize. Oh, Olivia Marias, hi. So nice to have you here too. Thank you for joining us. So um, there's a few more friends, but if I don't see you, please don't take it personal. It's just because it doesn't show up on my phone right now. So when we go back to page 345, um, the inter to the to introduction of the sufferings, Alan Kardec tells us very clearly that we as suffering spirits hover around the earth. And what we do is we attach ourselves to other tormented spirits. And then we torment them with our past wrongs. 
And he says, since this mockery is not enough for those spirits of hanging around pain-laden pain spirits on the other side, we as spirits flock to the earth like starving vultures, seeking among humans a soul who opens up easily to their temptations. When we find them, we seize them, stimulating its, our greediness and their greediness and seeking to extinguish their faith in God until they finally take hold of its conscience. And when their prey is secure, then we spread the, our influence upon whoever approaches. Now that is something that I venture to say no, none of us want to do. We want to be kind. We don't want to become obsessors. If we become too materialized in our lives, or if we stay to be too materialized in our lives, that means we're too attached to matter, including our physical form, then we tend to hang around other spirits in the afterlife. And not only that, we also cannot forgive. We're holding on to our emotions. What we think we emit and we attract, it is a package that's painful and doesn't serve us nor anyone else. So when we continue, friends, I'm pausing when the connection is um, slowing down. Please let me know whether it's unbearable. If it is, and I'm depending on your feedback, I will interrupt our broadcast for tonight and we will go back and um, come back next Sunday because as I said earlier we're without electricity we're relying on a um, signal from the mountains and that can be a little bit dicey right now so what have we learned from the suffering spirits and it's good to recap because then then it's not just one chapter after the other but we can actually focus on what we've learned so the biggest overriding factor was what was that? What have we learned from that? Yes, it was regret. All of the suffering spirits so far have experienced regret. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever experienced regrets in your life, it's a pretty painful situation. We get down on ourselves, we get depressed. It's very hard to live our lives when we feel regret. So regret is the overriding thing. The other thing is their the continual attachment to matter it comes it attaches us to our bodies and when we are too attached to our bodies of course we will have a really hard time letting go of it and we will also increase our state of confusion which usually starts before our transition happens during our transition and after our transition and both of these states are painful are painful for the soul and <clears throat> we want to avoid. So we can work. How can we avoid being too materialistic? We do it with the help of our inner transformation. And when we focus on our, our inner transformation, then we become more kind, less attached. We are more willing to um, be charitable, which means we are more. We have more goodwill towards others. We are become more indulgent towards. We become more indulgent towards the imperfections, and we become more forgiving. And all of this loosens our connection to matter. 
<clears throat> instead of buying yet another outfit or doing plastic surgery or 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 all these things that attach us more to matter we go out and start serving others we start thinking beyond our own nose and see others in and around us so the other thing we learned is making good time good use of our time we looked at a chapter in god at home where time is actually called the divine talisman so how do we make good use of our time we do it as we said earlier by focusing on other people by being of service and if we can't do anything because we're feeling weak or we don't have our physical we don't have the physical ability to we can always pray we can always pray and meditate praying is talking to god and meditating is waiting and opening up to the answer because we have God always on our side he's always rooting for us and we have Jesus and we have our own our own mentors who are faithfully by our side we can learn to communicate with them and they give us guidance 24 7 our very own personal GPS that God gifted us with and we must remember that time is like I see it like a little package that God gives us when we incarnate and we all have we all have that little package, but we don't know how big it is, and it could be over tomorrow. So why wouldn't we make good time, good use of our time? And it is one of the one of the things the suffering spirits tell us they didn't do, and it caused them pain. And then we also learned that repentance is very, very important because when we've done a lot of wrong, we need to repent, which is the op the opening, the first step to our expiation. Expiation comes next. And it is a, through expiation, which comes often in form of another lifetime where things don't always work exactly the way we envision them to be. And we all know about that, right? That I wanna open up the book, Liberation. Liberation is by Andrea Louise. Beautiful book, wonderful, very educational. In page 56, we learned something about expiation that I would like to bring in because it's a little bit, has a little bit of a different flavor than my own words. And I always feel that it's very enriching. Well, he takes the angle, he asks the question to Gubbio, which is one of the um, um, one of the um, guides, he says, why does God allow atrocities on the earth? And you can guess it's related to expiation, right? He says for the same, is this the right page? No, let me see. I may have made, yeah, it is the right page. So why does God allow atrocities? And we often ask ourselves, right? Why is that happening? Well, hint, hint, expiation is part of the repentance cycle same instructive reason that God does not exterminate a human nation when insane with a thirst for domination it unleashes cruel and destructive war instead God hands it over to the expiation of its crimes and to the misfortune it has brought upon itself so that it can learn to become part of the eternal order that presides over universal life. So why are we finding so many atrocities? All 
right, so why do we find so many atrocities on, on earth? It is because it's a form of expiation. Those souls have committed crimes in previous existences. And now, sometimes individually or in groups, consciousness groups, because they've also lived together in groups in previous incarnations and had done, committed certain crimes, they are now having the opportunity to expiate their evil tendencies from a previous incarnation. The word evil we can substitute with um, lack of consciousness, ignorance. So interesting, right, friends? Actually very consoling to hear. There is always rightness. There's always justice. We never have to worry. And what can we do when we see atrocities? We can pray. We can always pray. Then the suffering spirits also taught us that we need to be less instinctual. Animals have instincts. And yes, we do have instincts too. But we also have a reasoning mind, which means... We are invited to increasingly use our mind and not be run solely by instincts. So when we went to the Gospel, Chapter 11, Gospel According to Spiritism, Chapter 11, we learned, and that's on page 188, if you like to read it. We're not going to do it today because we did it already last time. We learned from the Spirit Lazar that there is, after instincts, we graduate to sensations. When we've, become, when we've become a little less ignorant, we have sensations. And after we've graduated from sensations, we have sentiments. And the apex, the beautiful, brilliant apex of sentiments is what, dear friends? You can guess. What is the apex of sentiments? So we come from instincts, we go to sensations, and then in our evolution, and then we end up having sentiments. And what is the apex of sentiments? It is love, dear friends. Love is the apex of sentiments. And that is who we increasingly want to become. So the suffering spirits encouraged us to be less instinctual. And then they also encouraged us to treat food with respect but only for our nourishment. So if we overdo food, if we overemphasize and over, over everything in food, including overeat, we are actually materializing ourselves more. We're attaching ourselves more to matter. And we are invited to not attach ourselves too much to matter, as we know. So food needs to be treated to strengthen us. Food needs to be treated as nourishment and nothing else. And then we were taught by the suffering spirits to use our passions wisely. We know that we all have passion and there's nothing wrong with that. But passions, as we learned from this, the spirits book, are like a wild horse. We need to harness that wild horse. And how, how do we harness our passions? We need to use our minds. We, we channel it into doing the good. Doing the good, not just for ourselves, but doing the good for the general good. Testing whether we're doing the good for others is also using the golden rule to see, is it serving more than just me? 
And would I be happy if I treated the others like that? So we need to learn to harness our wild horse called passion. As the next step, the, the suffering spirits encouraged us to pray more. Remember every single case of the suffering spirits so far asked us to pray for them because prayer helps them to connect themselves with higher spirits. We also learned in one of the cases that actually praying over their body that they've already partially um, uh, segregated themselves from helps them disintegrate their body, helps them to loosen their bonds to their bodies. So, but also those who are in the process of transition and of course, always praying for others anyway, right friends? So prayer is one of the most important things in our lives and we can never pray enough. And prayer can take many different forms. I mean, we can play music and instrument and that's a form of prayer. We can walk in nature and that is another form of prayer. And yes, we can sit and pray in the in a, in a temple, in a church, in nature, wherever. But it can even be done when we wash the dishes. We can connect with God. When we drive the car, we can pray for those that pass us. We can pray when we take walks for the neighborhoods we walk through. So there are so many different ways of praying and it can be very beautifully woven into our everyday activities. So in terms of prayer, I wanna go back to liberation. His book by André Louise, page 58. Let us see, there was something else on prayer where I would like to use different words to describe prayer, to bring us to a different plane. Prayer, we learn, will be our only means for mobilizing the higher mental reserves, reserves we will need for our psychic replenishment. See friends, so prayer, we need for mobilizing our higher mental reserves. We will need for our psychic replenishment. And that is why when we are in nature and we pray or we pray wherever we are, we usually feel refreshed. We feel renewed, right friends? We all know that feeling. And it is because not only we connect ourselves, we not only connect ourselves to, higher, to the higher spirits in God, but we also call them in to our lives, our mentors, and they're always ready to help us. We just need to tune ourselves into that radio station. We must be composed and firm, gentle and bold, with our souls focused on Christ. And that describes Jesus too, right? Firm but gentle, bold but kind, and that's how we need to learn to be. And it's not easy, but every Every single day is a new day for practice. And then he says, we learn, we must remember that we have accepted this job of our lives, not to judge, but to educate and serve. We have accepted this job, which is called life, our own personal incarnation, this lifetime around, in order to serve and educate. Serve and educate. And it's through effort and repetition that we become better. What a gift, friends, right? And it brings us back to how we can use our time more wisely. Liberation is a wonderful book. And then let's see. Um, also, I want to go to, to Thought in Life. Of course, Thought in Life by 
the Spirit Emmanuel. He has a whole chapter on prayer. And he says on page 95, let us go to that because that is just another such a rich, beautiful resource. And of course, we know Alan Carter covered in the Gospel according to Spiritism. We have prayer. We have prayer with De Leon Denis. But sorry, friends, for the interruption. We're doing our best with our power here in Northern California. And I don't have Wi-Fi, so I'm relying on this one little single uh, signal. So I'm hoping you bear with me. It's not a very um, normal state we're in, but we're very grateful that we don't have any fires, huge fires in our immediate vicinity. We only have small fires around here so far. The big fires are a little bit further away, and we need to pray for all those souls there. Prayer is a divine journey of the mirror of our soul aiming towards the higher realm in order to reflect its greatness. Remember, our minds reflect, can reflect God's light, but our minds can only reflect God's light when we clear this mirror up here, when we have it clean and reflective. If it's a gray, opaque puddle, of course we can't reflect God's light back. So one of the most powerful ways to open up and clean up our mirror to connect with God's light is prayer. And all the things that all the spirits so far from heaven and hell have tried to teach us, including the suffering spirits. So then he says, prayer is like a live appeal to the powers of the heavenly spirit. Isn't it beautiful? A live appeal. Imagine a mirror, he says, turned towards the sun to reflect its brightness into a dark pit. That is our mirror. Turn towards God to reflect the beautiful radiations of love and light from God. And it is so easy to see the sun or imagine that the sun is God's eye because the sun is just as giving as God is, has no judgments, always there, even behind the clouds, my friends. The function of prayer as it reaches divine, it is in, this is essentially the function of prayer as it reaches divine love and concentrates its light upon the ignorance and suffering, misery and hatred present in the world, right? And that's what we do by praying, opening up our mirror so we can connect. Prayer gives a spark to the hidden energies of the heart and releases them by the living and image, by the living and image forming power of thought. Because it is thought is life, right? Thought is life. When our thoughts are linked up to the divine, this is what we're we emit, we attract. We emit, we attract. The mind Emmanuel teaches us in chapter one in this book that the mind stands as the Emmanuel teaches us in chapter one of Thought and Life that the mind stands as the mirror of life. How beautiful is it when our minds are connected through prayer with God. And that is the mirror we will be standing in life with. All right, friends. Now, after all of this, the introduction really, I want to go to, we, we want to go to our new chapter, which will be in heaven and hell. To, to and we won't read it all because it's a long one 
Sorry about the internet connection. I see it keeping it keeps going out and I'm really hoping you can follow along. I keep pausing and repeating myself so that you won't miss anything and I'm hoping it helps. So the case we're talking about today and we won't read it all because it's a long case but there's one major subject in that so it makes it in a way very easy and it's another one that we've learned from every single suffering spirit so far but the case we're looking at is Prince Oran, don't know exactly how to say it, but it's Prince Oran who was formerly a Russian prince. If you want to read the case, it's on three, page 358 in Heaven and Hell. And he tells us, Oh, happy are the humble in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does that remember remind us of one of the Beatitudes? Blessed are the poor of heart, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? That's what he is alluding to. Pray for me. You see, friends, here it is again. He asks, in heart, choose a modest position to fulfill your trials. He's talking to us. So here we're called right away. We're called to be humble. And now he's starting off with what his main recommendation is. His main recommendation is to not be prideful and of course the opposite of selfishness and pride is being poor of spirit poor in spirit being humble being open so pride is the main recommendation is giving us not to be prideful now let's see the little variations he's bringing to us he says my pride among those whom i oppressed with my tyranny was the cause of my troubles pride exclamation mark Repeat that word constantly so that you will never forget that it is the source of all the suffering that afflicts us. Now let me read that sentence again because we need to really remember that. It is so true, isn't it friends? Repeat that word pride. Repeat that word constantly so that you will never forget that it is the source of all the suffering that afflicts us. Yes, I abused the power and, I fav and the favors I enjoyed. I was harsh and cruel towards those below me, those who had to bow down before all my caprices and satisfy all my depravities, depra depravity, depravities, I'm not sure how you say that. I wanted nobility, fortune, and honors for myself. I succumbed to the burden because it was above my strength. So friends, he abused his power. And why are we abusing power? Why are we harsh? Why are we unfriendly? Why are we unkind to people? The root cause is in pride. We learned in the Spirits book that what is the worst vice we can have? Selfishness and pride. And those two always go together. Pride feeds selfishness. Selfishness feeds on pride. It's a pack. And we know that it, this is, and we know that here on planet Earth, we're all suffering from the same disease. There is a man by the name of Omram Mikhail Ivanov. It's hard to say his name. And he came from Albania, I think. And he wrote many books. And he is part of the White Brotherhood, quite aligned with Spiritism. He wrote a whole book on planet earth and he called it 
a selfish planet. And it is true, on our developmental stage, we are all prideful and, and selfish. And it is our work to reduce it daily, to become more humble, to turn the other cheek. Turning the other cheek means what? It means to return good for evil. And for that, we need to be humble. And to be humble, we need to recognize there is a higher power, that we're not in charge. We're only, only co-creators. And that gives us a lot of opportunity to be co-creators, to use our free will that God gave us as a gift, to use our free will that God gave us to do the good. So my spirit, he says, Release has released itself from matter and now my mental sense has assumed all those horrible, cruel sensations that used to be physical. So he is feeling bad about what he's done. So let us see. Um, he also says, before we go deeper into pride, and takes into account individuals' efforts to overcome he says, our Heavenly Father is most just in his wisdom and takes into account individuals' efforts to overcome their evil instincts. So we need to remember that God is always good. Each victory over yourselves is a rung on that ladder that leans on the earth on one end with the other at the feet of the Supreme Judge, meaning God. Climb each rung resolutely every single day, every breath. It is another way of how we can use our time wisely on our inner transformation, on looking within. It is St. Augustine who taught us, recommended to us in, on several occasions during the Spiritist codification to do our nightly reviews, to look and see who we are so we can get to know ourselves better, which is really the bottom line for us to start our inner transformation is to now know thyself, to know ourselves better. And we can only do that when we're honestly reviewing, when we're, when we're honestly reviewing our days every single night before we go to sleep. And of course, hopefully forgive everyone who's trespassed against us. Because how can we have a restful and peaceful sleep if we hold on to um, if we can't forgive right friends so always look heavenward oran tells us for your encouragement unfortunate are you if you stop and look down dizziness soon strikes you and you are terrified by the emptiness surrounding you discouraged you say what's the use of going any further if i have advanced so little right we ask ourselves no, my friends, do not look down, he says. Pride is part of human nature. Very well, use this pride to give you the strength and courage to achieve your ascent. Use it to overcome your weaknesses and climb to the summit of the eternal mountain, the King. Our eternal mountain is the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me find the piece of paper. Where is it? Um, pride. So, pride is the is the lesson that Oran is focusing on. 
that causes him the most pain. And when we look at pride, we know that it is the root cause of hatred in this world. It is also the root cause for envy and jealousy, which causes us so much pain. It is also the root cause for lust and murder even. With only, we can only hurt others when we are coming for pride. Pride causes us pain and it causes pain outside of us. Selfishness caused by pride. Power struggle, lack of obedience. We cannot surrender our minds to any other, to any guidance, including God's, if we are prideful. And lack of forgiveness, of course. How can we forgive if we always think we're right? Right, friends? So pride is, as we learned earlier, really at the root of all of the, the wars internally in our minds, as well as in our families, in our friendship, in our work sphere, and in the world globally, politically speaking, it's all rooted in pride. So here is... Here is our prince reminding us to not forget the word pride every single day and observing ourselves, how we're doing on letting go a little bit more every single day of pride. And then of course, Jesus already gave us the beautiful beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom in he of heaven. And why did he give it to us? He knew, our divine master knew that we, I have a feeling my internet connection is getting worse, right, friends? I'm slowing down, stopping. So our divine friends, friend, Jesus, gave us this beautiful gift. He knew our afflictions and he gave us the beatitude, the remedy for us to take homeopathically every single day. We could just put a little drop into our water every morning and know that we will be conscious of observing our own tendencies towards pride and selfishness and always to remember to always remember the golden rule because it gets us away from pride how can we if we apply the golden rule in other words if we do unto others as we would like to be done to us how can we be prideful we have to become more humble right friends and letting go of some of our selfishness so what does poor mean and we said that last week and we're just going to rehearse it because sometimes we forget. So poor means we empty ourselves of our preconceived knowledge, what we think is right. We, we surrender our world to God's world. And at that very moment of just even recognizing that, we become more humble because we know we're not in charge. We are co-creators with God. So we, we empty ourselves and then we let go of our possessions. And the possessions, as we know, the parable of the rich man, of the, the rich young man, is not just our material possessions. Of course, they're part of it. And we said earlier, we need to work. We need to work on dematerializing ourselves more. So it's also our physical possessions. But what is meant here and which is 
equally, at least equally as important, is a possession is our professional distinction, our titles, our possessions, our rank. And then our judgments, their possessions. And then our spiritual pride, our spiritual pride. We have to really watch that. Our familiar. our habits and our sentimental attachments all the pictures and albums and baby clothes we keep in our garage and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it I'm kidding but you know there is a lot of material attachments sentimental attachments we have and we know we can't take them with us right we have them in our hearts hopefully and that is more for the eternity but not the actual subjects objects so dear friends now we're back we're gonna conclude tonight's study session because I know it's probably very difficult for you to follow and um, with the internet connection the way it is but we're glad we were able to be here at least for a little bit and let us close tonight with a prayer so if we can let us close our eyes for a moment and let us remember that we are our minds, the mirror of our minds, so it becomes less foggy with less speckles on it in order to reflect God's light back towards us and also towards our fellow human beings. It is with so much gratitude that we are gathering here tonight under the beautiful protection of God and our beloved Jesus Christ, our guide and model, who came to this earth to model us of how to be humble, of how to be charitable, loving and kind, to help others always. And we're also so grateful for the mentors of this group and all the mentors that we, each and every single one of us who came tonight brought with us. Remind us of what to think and what to do. Let us connect for a moment to those suffering spirits in this world who are suffering from mental afflictions, emotional afflictions, psychological afflictions, and of course physical afflictions. For all the hot spots on this planet that is in the middle of a huge transition, helping to allow planet Earth to take its next step in its evolution. The hot spots on this, on this planet, which are riddled by war, famine, windstorms, tsunamis, volcano eruptions, accidents, wars, violence, Fires, fires, which are so purifying in itself, 
but causing in the short term so much pain. And let us remember that all of what we're experiencing on this planet may be in our own lives, as well as what we're observing in the news in other parts of the world, is all under the guidance of God. It is permitted. It is for the best of all. And each and every one who of the expiatory opportunity that we have inherited and chosen in this lifetime. And let us close with the prayer of St. Francis, which always allows us so beautifully to reset our energies, to reset our mind, to stay on the path towards God, to stay on the path away from selfishness and pride, but the way towards charity, benevolence, indulgence, and forgiveness. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. And where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, seek to be consoled as to console, that I do not so much seek to be understood as to understand, that I may not so much seek to be loved as to love with all my heart, for it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And we're humbly asking for permission to close tonight's session. And so be it. Dear friends, Thank you so much for joining us. Many blessings in the weeks in the week to come. And so God willing, we will be back next Sunday at the usual time and with electricity. I heard today on our local radio station because everyone says we lost, we lost power in California. No, we didn't lose power in California. We just lost electricity. We still have our power. Good night, dear friends. God bless you. Many blessings. Bye. See you.